Eric asked me to share, asked me to share on prayer. And uh, just one service wouldn't do that very much justice. <laughs> but um, the part that I want to share tonight, because you guys are very well versed in the scripture and on prayer. And uh, but, but the subject we want to talk about tonight, if I put a title on this, would be prayer in the spiritual realm. Amen. What happens when we pray? But before before I get there, I felt that it was uh, fitting to talk a little bit about why does God use man to fulfill his will here on earth? <clears throat> you know, the problem that I have with the Bible is that it's full of rats. <laughs> yeah, I love coming with the booky tail and the long ears. And I love to chase those things. <laughs> now, Eric knows exactly what I'm talking about. He's the first one to come. Because we're talking about, I'm talking about chasing the, on the trail of a message that I have prepared for you. And while I have a tendency while I'm on that trail, another point will come up. <laughs> and that's a rabbit. So I feel that um, I might have to explain that a little bit about that, elaborate a little bit about that point. And so I'll chase that rabbit a little while. But the problem is while you're chasing that rabbit, another one comes up. So you, you, you find yourself chasing one rabbit after another, but the trick is, is to get back on the trail of the first rabbit before the whole congregation loses where you were going. With the All right? So let me see if we can do that tonight. Teach Amen. me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let you know when I get to a rabbit. <clears throat> Why does God use man to do his work here on earth? You ever thought about that? You know, I mean, God created earth. He spoke it into existence. But you know, the scripture tells us that he uses the, the uh, foolish thing to confound the wise. And he must have, because he's real got a sense of humor with me. <laughs> but, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Now, Eric was all over this scripture. Which is good. This Sunday was a great message. Thank you, Doug. Uh, but, there was a ancient boundary marker that was set in creation. And we're going to look at it tonight. Verse 27. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, in the image of God, he created the male and female. Uh, and God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it and rule over it. The fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. <clears throat> They'll be for your food. Now, The point that I'm looking at here today 
is where he tells Adam that he wants him to subdue and to rule over. That is the ancient, the boundary was set for man. The calling on man's life was set in creation. When he gave Adam the job to subdue and rule over. And you know, sin came into the world, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But that desire and that calling is still in man today. Amen. That's the reason a politician will spend millions of dollars to win a, an election for a job that only pays thousands of dollars. <laughs> Go see. It's because that desire to rule and to subdue is in man. <clears throat> you know, at creation, God set up his divine order to govern over the world, everything in it by using man. He put the desire to subdue and to rule in man's heart. But you know, God never gives us a job without giving us the ability and the tools to fulfill that job. Amen. Amen. Right? Now God's plan is that His work and His will be done through man. It is, it's not that God can't do the job. We know God can do anything He wants. But I love the way that uh, Pastor Eric talks about so long. And he's talking about divine order talking about harmony. He's talking about a structure that is set up. That everything is connected from God down. <clears throat> and so is the scripture. All scripture is connected. You know, even the world gets, gets a glimpse of this from time to time. Sure. Yeah. One of my favorite movies is Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go around saying that that uh, that Pastor Charlie said that um, Brother Charlie said that Ewok is another name. I'm not going there. But even the world can get an abstract vision of what this divine order or uh, all things are connected. You see what I'm saying? I'm going with that. That was another rabbit, really. It's a good one. <laughs> but then came sin. God set up a divine order, a structure. He wanted man to fulfill, to do his work here on earth. But then came sin. And look with me in uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 4. God wants us to do his work where we are. There. Where we are. Because we are out of, and this is something that... The, that even the church takes for granted. Our life and things that surround us. <clears throat> we are just passing through this world. That's right. We have been exiled out of Eden. Out of the promised land. But in verse 4, uh, Jeremiah uh, 29, it says, <clears throat> This is what the Lord Almighty 
the God of Israel says to all those who I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. I want you to build a house. I want you to settle down. He said, plant gardens and eat the produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number that and do not decrease. Also seek the, the peace and the prosperity of the city in which I have carried you into. Thank you, Bill. Of which I have carried you into. Um, what am I? Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. What he's saying here, and what he's saying to us in this scripture, is that God wants the church to make a difference yes. in the world. Amen. But he doesn't want the world to make a difference in the church. That's a good word, brother. That's good. You know, what he's saying here, in this, and he says in other places in the scripture, he talks about to pray for those in authority when he tells us how to pray. That's what he's telling them to do. He's telling them as it does in other parts of the scriptures, it tells us to our, our, our ability, to the best of our ability, to make peace with, with those around us, with our neighbors. But what he's saying there, there's a difference in it. Something we need to take note of is that, put it in today's terms, he wants it to be politically correct, but not at the expense of being biblically correct. That makes sense? Amen. <clears throat> he wants us to be at peace. But he's saying the same thing he told Adam in the garden. He wants you to be fruitful. And he wants you to, mark, um, to multiply. And he wants them to be salt. You know, too long, when we first got saved, we thought that the only way you could be in ministry is if you were in the fivefold ministry. Yeah. That's not what this scripture says. It says, sell down, build houses. And a friend of ours, Brother Jeff Newman, wrote a song that says, Bloom with your plant. Amen. That's what he's telling them to do. Yeah. But he also tells them, if you read on in the scripture, to remember that this is not your home. Amen. That we are in exile. But God wants us to do His work and His will here. And Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. <clears throat> we all know the story. Chapter 2, verse 8. And he says, And put everything under his feet. In putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet, at present, we do not seem 
we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by, by the grace of God, he might taste death for you. You know, I used to have, until I got, until God gave me this revelation that he can only work, or he does only work through man, I had a problem with the scripture that said he made him a little bit lower than the angels. You know, Jesus is God. How can he be lower than the angels? Well, <clears throat> he's 100% God. He was when he was here on earth. But he's also 100% man. But you know, he was the only one that could fulfill that um, the requirement of that boundary marker that was set in creation where he called man to rule and this will do. Amen. Jesus was, and not just only any man, Jesus was the only man that could fulfill those requirements to take away sin. <clears throat> now, when Adam sinned, when Adam brought sin into the world, he gave Satan the rights and the keys to rule over the world. And the more sin, the more we give up, the more by sin in our lives, the more rights Satan had to be here. Now it was through sin that messed up our alignment with God. Okay? We still had the calling. Okay. Okay? We still had we still had the the calling and the uh, to be to fulfill the scripture to subdue the earth and rule over it. The earth was still under us. But we gave up the authority and the power to do that. <clears throat> now through Jesus Christ, which the scripture tells us, and I may be getting a little bit ahead of myself here, the scripture tells us that through this disobedience, the first man, Adam the first man, through disobedience brought sin into the world. But by obedience of the second Adam, which is Jesus, sin was removed from, from the earth. Now I'm, I'm going to jump a rabbit right here. That's all right, brother. Um, there's been, for years, to my understanding, a myth about Adam. Can we turn the air up? Oh, yeah. We can do that. And that's that Adam was tricked and deceived by the devil into believing he could be something that he wasn't if he ate the fruit. And that's a myth. The truth is that Adam knew God. He walked with God in the cool of the day. He had a relationship with God that we long to have. There's some things that we can learn from Adam that were good, that he did, that we need to be doing. But no, Adam wasn't deceived into, and his life stolen from him. He was 
He gave his life because of love for his bride. Amen. That's true. Just as Jesus, <clears throat> they do have that in common. Adam gave his life for his bride and he knew he was going to die. Jesus gave his life for his bride. He knew he had to die. The difference is this. Adam gave his life that he might live forever with his bride. And Jesus gave his life that his bride might live forever with him. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Well, we got that right after. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, we doing good on time? We're all right. You take as long as you want. When sin came into the world and we gave up the key and the power and the authority, I talked just a touch on that just, just now, like the elaborate a little bit more on that is that I mean I can remember when I was young you know just, just after God made that <laughs> come on now but but um, <clears throat> that, that, that didn't seem like to be much as much turmoil in this country as there is today yeah. Amen. sin wasn't as abundant to sin like. But you see, the more sin that's brought in, or we allow in, the more right and authority the devil has in the world around us. Or in our lives, if we let him. And we can see that, and you don't have to turn there. I'm going to read this in 2 Kings. You can write it down. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 26 and 27. And we're talking about, I'm going to tell you this story, about the king of Moab. He was in battle, in battle, with Israel. And it was a fierce battle. And the king of Moab, he tried to break through the front lines of, of Israel, and he couldn't do it. He, Israel's army drove him back. <clears throat> So he did a very detestable thing. He offered his son on the altar of his God. He shed his son's blood as a sacrifice. And then the word tells us that he went back to fight Israel and he broke through their lines and he drove them back till they had to retreat. Now I'm not saying this for fear. Because he only won a battle, and I read the, we read the back of the book, we know who wins the war, okay? But what this is telling me is that it's a shadow and a type of a circumstance we have even in this country. We can't expect some repercussions from shedding millions, the blood of millions, of babies, the innocent blood in this country. And the more blood that's shed, the more right the devil has to torment those in this country and in the world. <clears throat> but what we're going to talk about now is what do we do about it? How do we deal with this? 
in Matthew 18 18. Here. You guys are too fat, but I don't have time to drink my water. <laughs> Eighteen, eighteen. it says, uh, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. <clears throat> so God gives us authority and power to move in the spiritual realm. <clears throat> and if there were no spirit to bind or to loose, we would make this scripture work. Right? Right. <clears throat> uh, the forces of evil are uh, set up like our military in places. The, the, the king or prince or whatever you want to call him, the president, is the devil. But we're going to read about the prince of Persia. Yeah. Yeah. And in those, in that hierarchy of authority, there's demon spirit that over nations. One nation may be plagued by a different situation than others, and we you can see that even in, in our country. Some some cities <coughs> are, are are great in the sin of homosexuality, sure, or prostitution, or witchcraft, some, some of it, and that. Because there's principalities and the demons that's over those uh, those areas. <clears throat> and you know, the weapons of our warfare are not calm. <clears throat> in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the, of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. <clears throat> now, we see some examples of that throughout the Bible. And one of them we're going to talk about tonight is the one that Eric brought up, the dam. So turn with me to Daniel 9, chapter 3. I mean, chapter 9, verse 3. <clears throat> now you gotta you gotta take in consideration who is Daniel. You gotta know. Everybody don't everyone may not know. You know, Daniel was a guy that uh, some of the greatest politicians of those days tried to find some dirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They did. Mm -hmm. yeah. He tried to find a, if he had a, a skeleton in his closet. And you know, the only thing he found that this boy did wrong was that he prayed to God three times a day. I don't know if I could be convicted of that, but <laughs> I'm shooting for it anyway. Mm -hmm. Not every day, anyhow. But um, <clears throat> verse 3, it says, now Daniel was in prayer, and he says, So I turned to the Lord our God, uh, and pled with him in prayer and petition. Prayer and petition. You know, sometimes we get those confused. We petition God for everything we want or we think we want, 
and we forget to pray to God and have our relationship with Him, with God. <clears throat> but he uh, and pleaded with Him in prayer and, and, and petition in fasting in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the God and awesome God, the great and awesome God, who keeps His covenant of love with all who love Him and obey His commandments. Amen. Now, I'm not going to read the whole prayer, but I challenge you to do a study on that. You know, we need to structure our prayer after this. Daniel's all to God. And we move down to verse 21. Now this always, I think about this, blows me away. Because here's this guy, he's praying. He said, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in an earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you need to underline this in your Bible, as soon as you begin to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed, therefore consider the message and understand the vision. Now, what blows me away about this guy, Daniel? He said, this is Gabriel. Man, I've seen him before. You know, it's good to have connections with people in high Because Gabriel's not just any guardian angel. Guardian angel here. Okay? He's the guy that's going to blow the trumpet when Jesus comes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but the point I'm trying to make here is that as soon as you begin to pray, something happens in the heavens. Amen. You know that scripture we just read about? Loose, what you loose on earth is loose in heaven. What you bound, bind on earth is bound in heaven. Yes. This is what we're talking about. Yes. And it's, and, and it's bound and it's loose by your relationship with God. As soon as you begin to pray, and the angel just didn't just just happened to pass on my way by here. Stop. He said he came in sweat. Amen? Amen. So sometimes we have a tendency to say something like, well, all we can do is pray. From time to time. <clears throat> But it's more to it than that when we do. Now in Jan Daniel chapter 10, verse 11. Yeah. Daniel uh, was praying and he had a vision. This time, what gave But he had a vision of another man while he was praying and he said, He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you. And stand up, for I have now been sent to you 
and he said, and he's and he said this to me, and I stood up trembling. Okay, now, it didn't seem, he didn't even open his eyes when Gabriel showed up. Okay. But this guy I had to trembling. I would have been trembling back when Gabriel showed up. <laughs> his knees are doing fellowship. <laughs> Verse 12. Then he continued, Do not be afraid. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. I have come in response to them. But the prince of Persia, the uh, Persian kingdom, resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, so they had to double take this guy. Then Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me because I was detained there. I, I could quit right here. I mean, the word came here. There's so much meat in this one scripture. I, I want to do it justice. So, <clears throat> Daniel had been fasting for 21 days. One thing that this scripture points out, Jesus, is that. When we pray, when we first start praying, something moves in heaven. But when we don't get an answer, this scripture tells me, sometimes we quit just before we get, before we break through. Sure. Before we break through. That's part, sometimes, while we feel our prayer not being answered, it was on the way, you just give up. You just quit. You just said, I tried that. How many times? I've witnessed the people that said that. Do you ever try to pray about that? Well, I prayed before. You know, that, that's the attitude. Yeah. yeah, I prayed before. I tried that. It didn't work. But this is another thing that you want to underline in your Bible and set your attitude with the attitude of Daniel. Look at the, look what, this, what the angel of the Lord told him. He said, since the first day. Oh, that's not it. Yes. Yeah. Since the first day that you set your mind and gain understanding and to humble yourself before God. What is telling us that? Is that you set your mind and your heart and your goal to understand the will of God. Amen. Amen. Last year, we were in Chicago. We went to a Bible study. And um, what was it called? Experiencing God. Right. Awesome. But the, the thing I remember the most about it is it showed us to pay attention to what the things that God is doing around us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And then it encouraged us to go on in. That's what Daniel would do. He was seeking God and he set his mind and understanding and humbled himself to do that <clears throat> before God to seek his will. Now, this also tells us that there's a spiritual battle of the yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're only going to break through that 
And I mean, Jesus said it. He said, sometimes this kind only comes out for, by prayer and fasting. But yet, he didn't pray and fast for the kid. He just commanded Because he was already prayed up. He was already fasting. Right? Amen. <clears throat> Turn with me in Second King. Chapter 6, verse 15. We're going to talk about it now. I just got about 15 there. Oh, brother. You take what you need. <clears throat> 6. Those of you who are up and hunted rabbits and know this, they always circle back to where you start. <laughs> We're going to get back there. <laughs> um, now this came at a time um, when Israel was at war with Aram. Said that right? The king of Aram was after Elijah because Elijah heard from God, and God told Elijah what the king. Uh, the war plan, the war strategy of the king of Aaron. And uh, Elijah told Israel that they were always, always on guard against him. Well, of course, the king, uh, he didn't, he didn't uh, think a whole lot of uh, Elijah for that. Okay? But, <clears throat> verse 15, Elijah's servant Woke up the next morning. Let's see what he said. When the servant of the man of God got up and went uh, out early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots surrounded the city. And look here. All of you who, who, who didn't have it sending out text messages, this is where the term OMG comes from. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Lord. What shall we do, this <laughs> It said, Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes uh, so he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Now, we're going to put, keep our phone in that scripture because it's going to come back to that in a minute. But why were they there? So Elijah prayed. They were there because Elijah used it to do warfare on his behalf. Through his prayer, through Elijah's prayer, and his walk with God, they were there. Amen. Do Amen. Now hold your finger there and look in Zechariah chapter 1, verse 8. There, there. And the prophet was a very strange God. You know? They saw things and they wrote things that was in the spiritual. There's most a lot of talented, talented folks 
These were men of God. And this is what he said. He said, during the night, I have a vision. And there before me was a man riding a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in a ravine. Now, everyone know what? We're, we're from the south. We don't have ravines, but in other words, he was in the gutter, all right? <clears throat> and behind him were red, brown, and white horses. I asked, what are these, my Lord? The angel who was talking with me answered, I will show you what they are. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, They are the ones the Lord sent to go around the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees, We have gone through throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and at peace. Now, when we say rest and at peace, we would think that was a good thing, man. They went and check out the whole world and they had rest and at peace. But skip down to verse 14. Then the angel who was speaking to me said, Proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous, zealous, jealous for Jerusalem and Zion. But I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little bit angry, but they added to the calamity. Now what did the whole world do to make God so mad? Nothing. This guy is on top of <laughs> <clears throat> They did nothing. That's all. What did the whole world do to make God so angry? They did nothing. You see, we add to our own calamity when we are at rest and at peace with the sin in our lives. That's a good word, brother. Mm -hmm. Amen. When we feel secure in the, in the sin in the world and satisfied with the way we live and what we live and what lives around us. You see, this brings light to the scripture that God says He wants you hot or he wants you cold. If you're lukewarm, right here he says he's going to be angry. Yeah. Because yeah, you're secure. Okay, but look at here. Look. These guys, where were they at? They, was, they were hiding behind the murder trees among the ravine. Now look back in Kings uh, chapter 6, verse 17. And he opened the eyes of the servants and he looked and he saw the hills were full of horses and chariots. Now these are the same guys. Alright? What's the difference? Elijah was prayed up. And these guys were men of war. A rifle battle on the hill. But because the angels of the Lord sought out the, sought the whole world and found nobody seeking God's will or prayed up, they were hiding in a ravine. Okay. Right? You see, <clears throat> God uses man. He does. God uses man. And these guys 
they, they, they got the armor. You know, they had the ability to smite or to move on your behalf. But if we're not prayed of and seeking God and set our mind to understand His will and to work around us, they can't do anything. They have to hide in the murder tree. <clears throat> I'm getting too quiet on me. No, it's a good word. We're thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Turn with me to Matthew. I'm winding down. Turn with me to Matthew 26, verse 52. And we all know what was going on at the time. Jesus was in the garden. He was being betrayed. <clears throat> Verse 52, he says, Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my Father and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? And I said, Do you not know? Come on, brother. Do you not know that angels are at your disposal? Amen. That you can call on your Father. And you and, and those of you who've been around you know this sometime when I pray, and you don't necessarily have to pray like that because your relationship with God binds and listens by, through prayer and, and your just your relationship with God. But when I pray for people, I bind them. Thank you. And Amen. I take authority over those principalities that are trying to smother out their life or put confusion in their life. <clears throat> so, God not only gives us the power to subdue and to rule, He gives us the authority through Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> um, In the garden at creation, God gave us the call. He gave us the, the call and the direction and the, the word to fulfill, to rule and to subdue the enemy. He gave us that in creation. But at the cross, He gave us the power to do that. Amen? Amen. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. In John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son of Man bring glory to the Father. Amen? Amen. We have not because we have. Amen. Well, I said we were going to bring this back around to what we started. And, and, and I think uh, in Matthew 28, chapter, I mean, chapter 28, verse 18, we're going to connect. Verse 18, it says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth had been given to me. 
Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's the same call we had in the garden. He called man to rule and to subdue. He tells us to increase and not decrease. That's what he's telling us. He's telling us to go therefore and fulfill the calling in the will of God. Amen? Amen. Brother Eric, you want to come close? I do. That's a good word, brother. Amen. Somebody still got a Bible open? Turn to uh, turn to uh, Luke 18. Read the first sentence. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Wait, how clear was that? He told them a parable what? Always pray and Always pray and not give up. You know what that says in the Greek? It says pray and don't give up. Isn't that great? There are no ancient Jewish customs that nullify those words. There is no other way to think about that. He taught so that we would pray and not give up. As Brother Charlie was speaking, there was something that came to mind that I just could not help but think about. A man who was given authority to rule, a man whose life made a difference in the world around him, but the world around him did not make a difference in his life. Daniel is a great example, but a man that came to mind for me was Hezekiah. I want you to think about Hezekiah just for a moment because we're going to close. Hezekiah was surrounded by foreign armies. The foreign commanders brought the heads of other kings, just like in the movie 300, with them. They taunted him, said none of the kings of these other nations were able to withstand us. He literally said in the language that all the people could understand that the king Hezekiah would have to eat and drink uh, sewage. He said this. He wrote it. He proclaimed it outside the city. You know what Hezekiah did? He prayed. Well, all we can do is pray. That's like saying all we can do is drop a nuclear bomb. Well, all we can do is pray. You know, all I can do is push the button. One angel in one day turned the tide of the entire battle. The word that Isaiah gave, it's also recorded in 2 Kings, was what has taken root below will bear fruit above. I want to ask you, if your prayer life is taking root below, God's promise from, from Isaiah to Hezekiah was it would bear fruit above. Amen. One angel showed and killed 185,000 men. 185,000. How many did Jesus say were at His disposal? No, that's not right. I know you think it's right. It sounded right. But let me tell you why it's not right. He said more than 12 legions. Well, why didn't He just say 13 and up? Or 14 and up? Now, I'm not a mathematician, and a lot of you guys are smarter than me, but a legion has 6,000 men in it. 6,000. You start to multiply this out if those legions were actually angels, and there are 6,000, and every one can kill 185,000 men. 
And then you multiply that times at least 12. Go back and find out what the population of the earth was. Jesus was saying, I have more than enough to wipe out the population of the earth. That's not my goal. That, that's, that's not why I'm here. You understand? Yes. What Brother Charlie is teaching us about ruling, about reigning, about being given a divine responsibility means that what has taken root inside of you will bear fruit in the world that is around you. Jesus didn't have to leave and go pray and fast because that's what He had been doing. This is an amazing thing. It means that my mother-in-law, who might not be able to bench press what I can, might not be able to outrun me, suddenly becomes more significant than me if she outprays me. But this is contrary to the kingdom of the world, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, we don't know a lot about Daniel. We know that often foreign rulers, when they took princes from other countries and put them in their palaces, mutilated their bodies. We don't know whether Daniel was tall and good-looking or strong. or We don't know any of those things about him, but we know he prayed and he changed his nation. Are you beginning to feel me here? Oh, yeah. One of the reasons I asked Charlie to do this, and any time you ask a couple, you're really asking husband and wife. You're, when you're getting ready to preach, your whole household begins to revolve around the Word. And whatever you've preached on, it'll come under attack the weeks before and the weeks after. I and mean, that's just how this works. I believe their household's a household of prayer. Uh, there are others in this church that are households of prayer. I think David and Jennifer Hall do really well with that. I hope they're home right now praying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe that the more this becomes our culture, the less we have to fight through and worship. I think the easier healings come. I think the less sickness we deal with in our children. And in every and it is not a merit system. It's not, oh, well, you logged in so many things. He got it right when he said it is prayer and petition. Your prayer, your conversation, is a relationship with the Lord. And it means that He hears your petition. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And when your prayer is right, your petitions get right. 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 You stop asking for things that you don't need. You stop focusing on carnal things. When, when our prayer gets right, our petition gets right. I think as the culture of the church changes, and this is one that we need to grow up in, I think fear falls by the wayside. I, I think some of the calamity that is the result of not praying uh, begins to fall by the wayside. You know? A lot of you survived your teenage years because you had a grandma somewhere that prayed. I mean, that's the God's honest truth. I really don't think I would be here without the whole household. Oh, they, they prayed during the time of my life. Probably nobody else was praying for me. Okay. But this is something that every person in this church can do. And I would love to see a day when as many people showed up to our prayer meetings as show up to every other meeting. And it wasn't a high attendance Sunday issue. It didn't come just once or twice. It became a habit in a way of life. Jesus taught parables to teach us to pray and not give up. I mean, that's as clear as it gets. Daniel fought with heavenly principalities over it because he didn't stop praying. Elijah was surrounded by armies because he was a man of prayer. Uh, this is a word that we need. Uh, Charlie preached it well, but where it becomes important is if we live it well. Amen. I'll tell you, the number of hours, the number of minutes, the number of quality time we spend in prayer will determine how successful our Christian walks are. That, that's just the truth. We're polluted by things all around us. There's a flood of dissipation. I think sometimes the reason we struggle with a little flat feeling in worship in the beginning, I listen to the musicians. They talk about how they play. 
Matthew racks his brain about what's going on and what we could do different. I think it's not much more than it takes a while to wash the world off. But you can do that in your car praying on the way here. I mean, that's that's the honest truth. And it's like everything else that you do. It's hard at first because your flesh has a voice. But it becomes a habit that you start to not be able to live without. Best times of my life have been throwing down everything around me, falling on my knees, blocking everything else out, and just praying. And an answer. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time? Some of you are struggling. You need to hear from the Lord. You're looking, hoping other people will bring you affirmation. There's an affirmation that only the Lord can bring you. If it came from a man, it's as fallible as that man. If it came from the Lord, you'll stand on it the rest of your life. Amen. You need those. That's not the moment you got saved. It's all the moments since then. You need that. Y'all stand to your feet. We're going to pray. That better not be the only time. <laughs> Any of you mathematicians got to work on that more than 12 legions? It's over six trillion. I'm sorry, six billion. It's over six billion. I know that because I did it years ago. I didn't have to do it just now. I like praying. I like praying. Matthew, pray for us. Mighty God, we thank you for being the king of the universe. Not just this uh, this building, not just this city, not even just this country. But Lord God, you are the ruler of all. And so it is to you, Lord God, that we bring our request. And Lord God, it is through you. We receive all power in heaven in our answers. We love you, mighty God. And we thank you for resurrecting us with you into your life. Amen. 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 Hey, if you have little ones under your care, 